Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the February 1st edition of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at the Catechism numbers 185 to 197. Section 2. The Profession of the Christian Faith. The Creeds. 185. Whoever says, I believe, says, I pledge myself to what we believe. Communion and faith needs a common language of faith, normative for all, and uniting all in the same confession of faith. 186. From the beginning, the Apostolic Church expressed and handed on her faith in brief formulae, normative for all. But already very early on, the Church also wanted to gather the essential elements of her faith into organic and articulated summaries, intended especially for candidates for baptism. The synthesis of faith was not made to accord with human opinions, but rather what was of the greatest importance was gathered from all the scriptures to present the one teaching of the faith in its entirety. And just as the mustard seed contains a great number of branches in a tiny grain, so too the summary of faith encompassed in a few words the whole knowledge of the true religion contained in the Old and New Testaments. 187. Such syntheses are called professions of faith, since they summarize the faith that Christians profess. They are called creeds, on account of what is usually their first word in Latin, credo, I believe. They are also called symbols of faith. The Gre- 188. The Greek word symbolon meant a half of a broken object. For example, a seal presented as a token of recognition. The broken parts were placed together to verify the bearer's identity. The symbol of faith, then, is a sign of recognition and communion between believers. Symbolon also means a gathering, a collection or summary. A symbol of faith is a summary of the principal truths of the faith and therefore serves as the first and fundamental point of reference for catechesis. 189. The first profession of faith is made during baptism. The symbol of faith is first and foremost the baptismal creed. Since baptism is given in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the truths of faith professed during baptism are articulated in terms of their reference to the three persons of the Holy Trinity. 190. And so the creed is divided into three parts. The first part speaks of the first divine person and the work of creation. The next speaks of the second divine person and the mystery of redemption of his redemption of men. The final part speaks of the third divine purpose, person, the origin and source of our sanctification. These are the three chapters of our baptismal seal. 191. These three parts are distinct, although connected with one another. According to a comparison often used by the fathers, we call them articles. Indeed, just as in our bodily members there are certain articulations which distinguish and separate them, so too in the profession of faith. The name articles has justly and rightly been given to the truths, 
we must believe, particularly and distinctly, in accordance with an ancient tradition already attested by St. Ambrose, it is also customary to reckon the articles of the Creed as twelve, thus symbolising the fullness of the apostolic faith by the number of the apostles. 192. Through the centuries, many professions or symbols of faith have been articulated in response to the needs of the different eras, the creeds of the different apostolic and ancient churches, for example, the Quiumque, also called the Athanasian Creed, the professional faith of certain councils such as Toledo, Lateran, Lyon, Trent, or the symbols of certain popes, for example, Fides Damasi, or the Credo of the People of God of Blessed Paul VI. 193. None of the creeds from the different stages in the Church's life can be considered superseded or irrelevant. They help us today to attain and, dis and deepen the faith of all times by means of the different summaries made of it. Among all the creeds, two occupy a special place in the Church's life. 194. The Apostles' Creed is so-called because it is rightly considered to be a faithful summary of the Apostles' faith. It is the ancient baptismal symbol of the Church of Rome. It is its great authority arises from this fact. It is the creed of the Roman Church, the See of Peter, the first of the apostles, to which he brought the common faith. Paragraph 195. The Niceno-Constantinopolitan, or Nicene Creed, draws its great authority from the fact that it stems from the first two ecumenical councils in 325 and 381. It remains common to all the great churches of both East and West to this day. 196. Our presentation of the faith will follow the Apostles' Creed, which constitutes, as it were, the oldest Roman catechism. The presentation will be completed, however, by constant references to the Nicene Creed, which is often more explicit and more detailed. 197. As on the day of our baptism, when our whole life was entrusted to the standard of teaching, let us embrace the creed of our life-giving faith. To say the credo with faith is to enter into communion with God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, and also with the whole Church, which transmits the faith to us and in whose midst we believe. The creed the creed is the spiritual seal, our heart's meditation, and an ever-present guardian. It is unquestionably the treasure of our soul. Then it continues, and between paragraphs 197 and 198, there are the two versions of the creed. And I'll read the first one, the shorter one today, and the longer one at the beginning tomorrow. So the creed, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, 
the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Okay, very well. So this is the introduction to the creed, and we're seeing a little bit uh, how this creed came to be. So in Christianity, one of the common things that nearly all Christians share is the creed. And to be honest, we share the creed with uh, most of the Orthodox churches. Some of the Eastern Orthodox churches would not have been present at the Council of uh, Constantinople. So there's some uh, bits of the creed they wouldn't share with us. But we do share them in common with many of the Protestant churches as well. So it forms a common heritage of most Christians today. And the Catechism is going to follow this Apostles' Creed, which is the ancient creed of the Church of Rome. It says that there are many other creeds. There's the longer creed that we pray at Mass often, uh, usually, and um, there's the shorter Apostles' Creed, which was recently introduced into the Mass after Vatican II as a possibility. And since 2002, the uh, third edition of the Roman Missal recommends that it be used, especially in strong seasons like Lent and Easter. But in any case, this, um, this creed originally came from the desire to have a common, easy synthesis of faith that anybody could learn. That theology books maybe took a bit, were a bit difficult for people to, to realize, to get. In the time of the early church, obviously books were extremely expensive, as in they could cost more than a house would cost. So nobody very few people owned books. The community, the parish, might own one or two books. Indeed, in the early church, most parishes wouldn't have owned a full Bible. They would have had bits of the Bible. And um, so people didn't have books. They, they listened to them in church, and the creed was something simple that they could learn. Then the creed became important, especially for baptism. This is why the creed is something baptismal and oftentimes starts, or nearly all of them start with this, I believe in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And um, this profession of the Trinity with then the other um, central truths of, of the faith. Again, it's a small formula. It can't contain everything, but it's a common profession of faith, a common agreed upon synthesis of what Christianity is. In the Roman Church, the creed was at baptism. And many times when you had at adult cat, uh, catechumens, adult candidates for baptism, many times it wouldn't be simply, I baptize in the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. But do you believe in God the Father, Almighty Creator of heaven and earth? And then the candidate would say, I do. And he'd be dunked under the water. The same for the Jesus Christ, the same for the Holy Spirit. But that this creed, especially the Apostles' Creed, was something in the baptismal liturgy. Then in the East, because the Eastern Church, the Church of Constantinople in particular, was plagued by heresies. There were many, many, many heresies. There were many bishops of Constantinople, who were, which was then the, the capital of the emperor after Rome, that fell into different heresies, and they were very confused. And so they began to pray the creed during Mass, just before the Eucharistic prayer, where we find it today, because that way, if you didn't agree with this symbol, with this common declaration of belief, you couldn't stay for the Eucharist. Because if you didn't believe what everybody else believed, what the church believed, then you were a heretic and the heretic believed something else. 
and wasn't welcome to stay in the in the church because they had a different belief and they would have to leave the church at that stage. And so this became traditional in the East to pray the creed before in the Mass to prepare people for communion. And then from the East it passed into the West. But the last place it reached in the West was Rome. That Rome didn't really have the creed in its, uh, in its Eucharistic liturgy. The Pope's Mass generally didn't have the creed there because the See of Rome had never fallen into heresy, unlike the other sees, unlike the other dioceses that unfortunately had fallen into heresy at different times. And so it only gets introduced into the Roman Rite in the Middle Ages, thanks to some of the German Holy Roman Emperors who brought it down into Italy, into Rome, and basically uh, obliged the Pope to introduce it there. But now it's in our Mass, and it's something that we find very useful in our Mass. Unfortunately, it oftentimes is a long list that we don't think about too much, but it's very good to think of it, to meditate on these truths of the faith. And that's what we'll be doing for um, basically over a quarter of this podcast, is to go through the creed, to go through it article by article. And again, the Apostles' Creed is the traditional creed of Rome. And as it's said in the Catechism, there are 12 articles. And so the tradition is that the 12 articles are related to the 12 Apostles. And there is an ancient, ancient legend, and I underline this is a legend. We don't have any historical proof that this actually happened. But there is a legend that at one stage, I think it was at Pentecost, uh, at, not at Pentecost, at the death of Our Lady, that the, the Dormition of Mary, that the, um, that the Twelve Apostles came together. And when they met each other, having been out evangelizing for a number of years, that they came together and each one of them said one line of the creed as kind of like they're greeting to each other. And this is where the creed was born, that the 12 apostles each had a line and contributed a line. As I say, this is a legend that's there, but it shows that this creed is something that particularly belongs to the Roman Church. And so we will be looking at the creed in detail for the coming months. And it should be a very uh, fruitful, um, it should be a very fruitful examination of the creed together. So tomorrow we'll continue and in tomorrow's podcast we'll um, look at numbers 198 to 202 of the Catechism. God bless.